There are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. We're going to cover some of that tonight. Perception is being managed. We are being steered and guided by a hidden hand. The whole world has been duped by the media that is not real. <laughs> smart thinking, possible time traveler, smart thinking. That night, boom, contact memory. And then, Alex, if you don't agree, you'll be sent to a re-education camp. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I've lost my touch with the ladies. Experts are suggesting that we're in a golden age of shape-shifting reptilian sightings. Now, why is that? I was, and still am, a huge conspiracy guy. I literally ran out of new tin hat topics to research. It was most definitely not capable of melting steel. Then I would be a crackpot if I thought that was that was the, the case. Thought that was that was the, the case. Welcome to the Hypothetical Institute, a podcast about conspiracies. My name is Luke. I'm Salty. I'm Cam. Sorry for the pause there. I was just reading about a cathedral that was uh, defaced with white power swastikas and Black Lives Matter. That's Both of good. Them. Yeah. At least they equality. Yeah. The, the first reply is, when you get the boys together to do some insurance fraud, but you can't agree on the theme. <laughs> <laughs> I um I did see the other day some Republicans saying that uh, their house had been vandalized by like BLM people and it like had the circle A anarchy and then Biden twenty twenty yeah <laughs> like, come on it was vandalized and burnt down just in a rant, like a suburb right it wasn't yeah. even near any protests uh, so yeah what are we talking about today uh, we are talking about animals our furry friends not all furry some of them are Fur- slippery. Furry, feathered, and, yeah, slippery. There's no F for, for that. Fish. So, uh, mostly, or specifically, animals that spy. Yeah, spy, spy animals. animals. Which I thought would be a rich vein of cooked stuff. And it uh, sort of is. Yeah, yeah, there's some there's some gear in there, but I don't know. I expected more stuff. It just turns out that, like, I don't know, the CIA's open about it. I f- what I found was that uh, there were times when the CIA or whoever were like, we could train any animal to do any sort of spying. And then anytime anyone accused anyone of using an animal to spy, like that country would be like, animals cannot be trained to spy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do we want to start with this one? Should we start uh, in the depths of the ocean? Yeah, do uh-huh. it. So the... Lots of different uh, animals in the sea being trained to spy. I think uh, dolphins is a popular one. Yeah, dolphins is basic, right? Well, because they're naturally intelligent, right? Mm. So I guess if you were like an intelligence agency, you'd be like, we need to get the most intelligent animals to do this shit. Yeah. Let's start with dolphins and then we'll work our way down to like carp. Yeah. Who are fucking fucking stupid. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, I can puff myself up. Yeah, good one. So, <laughs> there were, I found a bunch of the CIA has declassified a bunch of their dolphin uh, projects, mm. right. which was a project called 
And I've just got to find it because I got distracted while I was looking this up by the Family Jewels uh, CIA documents, which was a much more interesting uh, CIA project where someone sent out a memo saying, everyone replied to this memo with the most embarrassing things the CIA has ever done, just so that we have a good list somewhere of everything we need to be worried about. <laughs> it's like, is this the CIA? Like, what happened <laughs> to be to be keeping things secret? Uh, Project Oxygas was the CIA's dolphin intelligence program. Really? And something I noticed with all of the memos about Project Oxygas is that it's always... Like a uh, extension of Project Octagas brackets the dolphin thing. <laughs> <laughs> is that when you realise like just giving up operation names is dumb, we just call it what it is. Yeah, yeah. Just- they're like, we either we got too far away from what it's about with our project name, or I don't want anyone reading this memo to get thrown by dolphins in the middle of it because <laughs> <laughs> they've forgotten what it's about. So is this is this dolphins spying or is this the classic dolphins putting landmines on sh- sea mines on ships and stuff? I think they they basically were like, what can we do with dolphins? Mm. And I don't think that dolphins are especially good at spying, but uh, I saw like when the Russians have been busted with dolphins and accused of using them for spying, they were like, no, we only use them for combat. <laughs> we, we, we use them to like kill divers. Right. What a way to die. It's like a secret, you know, army diver, navy diver, and suddenly you're getting killed by a dolphin. Was it the Russians who were responsible for the beluga whale not that long ago? Yes. yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 So that was uh, found in Norway. Yeah, yeah, just off the coast of Norway. It was bugging some fishermen, right? Yeah, um, and it had a harness that said Equipment of St. Petersburg. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I think the Russians tried to deny it at first. They're like, nah, it wasn't us. And it's was like, well, it's got your name on it. <laughs> um, but they said, Russia came out and said it was a research institute that, that was doing it on behalf of the Navy. Experiments were being conducted to determine whether beluga whales could be used to guard entrances to naval bases. Right, um, and, and oh, and assist and kill any strangers that enter the territory. Right. So they did say we're trying to trying to do it, um, but the research concluded that dolphins and seals were better suited to military use in polar conditions than belugas. So it was a, a whale, a beluga whale. Yeah, but like the U.S. Navy is openly doing it. They're like, yeah, we've got a whole program around it. Another thing I noticed with the Project Oxygas docs was that there seemed to be like they. The CIA had like these diagrams that I think were maybe the imagined idea of how dolphins would assist. Mm. And the dolphins are being like, you know, carrying things around and being very helpful. And then the actual- With their, like, with their flippers, like boxes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then like in reality, I think they were just, ended up just like putting your hoods over their, their noses that they could use to like attach a bomb to. Right. <laughs> And then I think best case scenario was that the dolphins were supposed to like swim up to something, put the bomb on it and swim away without it. I think probably how it ended up working most of the time was just, you know, when it hits something, it blows up. Yeah. So the United States have an official program, which everyone knows about, the United States Navy Marine Mammal Program. And they, like, yeah, yeah, they're open about it. You know, we've got these dolphins there to, train and uh, sorry to hunt down mines and object recovery 
There's a, a line on the Wikipedia page that was, uh, dolphins have contributed to saving more li- lives in open water than specially trained lifesavers. And then it has in brackets, citation needed. <laughs> a bit of a burn on the, on the specially trained guys. Yeah. 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 Uh, but there was one report somewhere of dolphins that had um, Michael Greenwood, a veteran of the Navy dolphin project. He claims that dolphins assigned to the swimmer nullification program were equipped with syringes filled with carbon dioxide. <laughs> And I tried to find more on that, and I couldn't. I, the, I don't know. That's dolphin... all in the name, though, right? Swimmer nullification? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, how does... So uh, where is the syringe attached is my big question. Is it on the nose of the dolphin, or is it on a... Like, you know what I mean? Like, where are they sticking it? Yeah. Because if the dolphin comes back and pops his head out of the water and, and the train is too close, gets a syringe in the eye, and that's maybe, not ideal. Maybe they're like attached to the side or something so that the dolphin just has to brush past the diver. Yeah. And as they brush past, the needle sticks in and like presses the plunger. If, if I was a dolphin and they're strapping a syringe filled with carbon dioxide to my side, I'd be like, you got to be careful with this, buddy. Mm. It's Also, um, in my head, it's just literally like a syringe that you see on the street. Yeah, Tape, yeah. Taped to a dolphin, not some yeah. sort of special apparatus <laughs> designed. Well, 1976, I feel like I feel like a syringe strapped to the side is probably what they were doing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah probably. Um, but they, the use of dolphins does go back to World War One, and right. apparently the UK tried to use dolphins to to because the UK was getting hammered in the ocean by by Germany, and so they wanted to use dolphins as like an early warning system. Uh, to to help them suss it out, so sent, it wasn't clear, but I think they were sending the dolphins out, and then would, the dolphins would come back and lead them to the ships or something. Right, didn't work. They weren't sophisticated enough to train dolphins. They, apparently, the dolphins were more interested in shoals of fish than German U-boats. Right, they weren't patriotic enough. They should have got military buffs, dolphins. Um, but yeah, sea lions is the other one that the US uses a lot, and. There's no, I couldn't find video of it, but there were a lot of talk of um, media demonstration in California one in 2011, where a, a, a Navy SEAL was attempting to infiltrate the harbour with a mine. Um, obviously, you know, it was fake. But the Navy deployed dolphins and sea lions to re- patrol the area. They caught the do- diver on every one of his five attempts. The sea lion even managed to attach a clamp to the diver's leg. <laughs> and handlers on the surface reeled him in like a fish, <laughs> uh, which is which is just marvelous, and it sucks. There's no video of it, but yeah, there's a lot of talk. Of, there's a lot of talk of the sea lion stuff. There's only ever seems to be one sea lion mentioned in all the press called Strober, and I kind of feel like it's a little bit of propaganda. Like, oh, we've got these you know cute animals that are going and helping us, but there's only ever one shown. It just all seems a bit ridiculous, really. Strober. How convenient that it's like beautiful, cute sea lions and not like a walrus. I did see when I was looking for a video of two walruses that were on a, on a small uh, boat. There was a boat that was obviously anchored and these giant walruses just was like sinking the boat while they were resting on it. Uh, it was good to see. I, I, also, <laughs> I also saw uh, DARPA working on sharks. Yeah, did you know much about sharks? Trying to control sharks and, like, rewiring their brains and putting chips in their brains to control them. 
It's like, have you people never watched any movie with shark in the title? <laughs> Isn't that the premise to Deep Blue? Deep Blue Sea? Yeah. I think it's the premise to all of these movies. And there's, there's, there would be in real life, there would be one scientist saying this. Like in the in all the movies, there's the one scientist saying we shouldn't do this. Yeah. And in real life, that scientist has the advantage of being able to point to all of these movies and still <laughs> they persist. And do we know if DARPA were successful in any way? I don't think so. It doesn't seem like it. The um the shark shark thing comes into the whole Israeli thing as well. Like Israel's been accused a million times of all these animal conspiracy spying things, so much so that there's a Wikipedia page specifically about that. Yeah. Israeli-related animal conspiracy theories. And one of them is about shark attacks in Egypt. And there was a bunch of attacks in 2010 uh, off the South Sinai resort of Sharm el-Sheikh. I don't know if I'm saying that right, in Egypt. Uh, But following the attacks... um, some television show had a captain on there who was introduced as a famous diver alleging that um, the GPS, they found a GPS tracking device on one of the sharks that had been attacking people and said that it was actually a guiding device planted by Israeli agents. Um, so the, the idea was that the, the Mossad was throwing deadly sharks in the sea to hit tourism in Egypt. Right. And uh, the, the Israeli foreign ministry, in response, basically said that that guy's seen Jaws one too many times. <laughs> uh, is, is that the premise of a later Jaws movie? That uh, the Israelis got involved? Well, <laughs> just, just, just controlling the sharks. Like, I know the, the first ones weren't, but... No, nah, Jaws, Jaws 2 was basically the same as Jaws 1 at the same place. Yeah. Jaws 3 was set at a, a marine park uh, where a big shark attacks the underwater tunnels and stuff. Uh, yep. And then Jaws the Revenge was about the sharks. I think like what the original Jaws's offspring trying to get revenge on the son of the sheriff. Ah, uh, yeah, I do remember. Was that in that. Was that in Amity as well? So uh, Jaws the Revenge, I don't think so. I like that, uh, you know, back in the 80s or whatever, they were like, we can do one more Jaws sequel where they come back to the same town, but then after that, it's sort of unbelievable that any government would be so irresponsible <laughs> yeah. to, to, you know, make, keep making the same mistake over to and over again. not do something about this fucking shark. <laughs> <laughs> or not, like, put out some bloody... Those, those hooks they put out to protect swimmers. And then it's like, in 2020, just... That no longer is. That's completely plausible now. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, the Jaws movie where they, where the shark f- breaks into through the glass? Uh, three. Mm. That was the one that was in three D. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that when, makes sense. Yeah. And when you watch it, it's like you can tell all the bits that there were specifically like, oh yeah, that was the big money three D shot right there because it looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> in like just 2D. <laughs> it won uh, the Golden Raspberry for the worst visual effects that year. Oh, really? Yeah. It is pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, uh, after all the shark stuff, people, uh, some professor at a university said that it was sad and, you know, GPS devices are used, obviously, by marine biologists to track migratory patterns, all that kind of stuff. Do you want me to 
tell you a couple of other yeah, of do these it. Israeli ones. Yes, please. a lot of them are related to birds, and I, I feel like most of the bird most of the bird ones are just like, hey, we found this bird's carcass, and it's got a like a GPS tracking thing on it, and it's got an Israeli science band around its leg, so it must be spying. Yeah, like that's that's the that's the gist of nearly all of the bird ones. Well. I don't think there were any where they found them and it didn't have like Israel on the on the, on around its ankle or whatever or like mm. the University of Tel Aviv. It's like so all they need to do to get away with it is just stop putting that on yeah. the tag. <laughs> stop tagging <laughs> themselves on the birds. Um but yeah, there's so many different types of birds and they all they all look like they're like this bird is quite endangered. And so it was being tracked with GPS and and various tags, and it's like that's just science. Yeah, people do that's, that's science conservation science. But there's also um, a few mammals. So on several occasions, the Palestinian authorities have accused Israel of releasing wild boars to destroy their agricultural fields in oh, the yeah. West Bank. Yeah. 30, you know, you don't want 30 to 50 wild <laughs> hogs balls, no. coming through your bloody agricultural fields yeah. in, in five minutes. Um, hyenas. Palestinians accused Israeli settlers of releasing wild hyenas. Um, but the animals were killed by locals. Um, uh, supernatural rats was another one. Yeah. So su- Supernatural. <laughs> supernatural rats. Yeah, I feel like... The guy that was accusing them of that was like just getting him some sort of classic anti-Semitism. But these were like supercharged rats that were even like that even scare off the you know these hardened Gaza cats. Yeah, <laughs> the quote here is that they use supernatural rats that can even cha- even chase away Arab cats. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, I guess a, a cat on the Gaza Strip is going to be pretty tough. Yeah. Like, that's going to be a serious cat. It's yeah. definitely got, like, you know those cats don't have all their ears. Yeah. Just yeah, missing it's, it's a chunk no of ear. But, yeah. How did these rats do it? What was the... I don't know if the supernatural part was especially well thought through. No. It just sounds he, might, super... he might have been on a bit of a rant. This just probably... sounds super anti-Semitic, right? Yeah. They probably just thought, look, if these rats are, like, scary enough that they can chase away these Arab cats... They must be some kind of supernatural ghost rats. Yeah. Is that all the Israel stuff? Uh, well, they also had dolphins wearing cameras. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense to me, sending a dolphin out with a camera. A camera, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a whole... There's an article about uh, lizards. Yeah, chameleons. This is where chameleon? the chameleon came in. Uh, yeah. yeah See, when, a- I first, when I first read this, it was like chameleons uh, being used to detect... Like, um, what is it? Where they- uh, Radiation. Radiation from like mining plutonium or whatever. Um, <laughs> my first thought was, oh, do they carry them around? And when they get near radiation, they start glowing like fluorescent green. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> of their like, their chameleonism. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not what they do? Was it not related to them, like them- Having some sort of thing like this, where they yeah, the, they, their skin they 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 say their skin can absorb radiation. So I think it's less that they 
get near radiation and they glow green and more that I think they can just then test their skin. Yeah. Say, oh, you've absorbed some radiation. Although technically I think everything absorbs radiation. Yeah. That's like radiation permeates everything by its nature, right? When I first saw about the chameleons, I was like, are they getting chameleons to spy because they're, you know, the the natural spies of the lizard world? Yeah. Yeah. They're just like up against the wall. (laughs) Blending in to look like a computer or something. The selling point of a chameleon is that, like that's that's its thing. You, you just, and the fact that that's not why it's good for spying is <laughs> like what? Um, yeah, so I, I just looked it up. They were looking for uranium mines, so they'd send the chameleons in, and they yeah. would hunt around for the uranium. Uh, there you go, and you, you come back and you test the you test the chameleon. The chameleon, yeah. Just just jumping back to the bird thing. Um, I watched a little video about a vulture, um, a vulture that was, cap- it was one of those, vul- it was a vulture that was found and it had a chip on it and a little tracking device and a band and all that kind of stuff. And um, it ended up back with the, I don't know, the, the university or the vet people who were looking after it. And um, I think it was this Israeli scientist was like, look, we, we reared this bird from being young so we know its temperament we know uh we know this bird and look you can't control where birds fly birds just fly wherever they want and and he makes this really like this really poignant point he goes look this is not a uh israeli vulture this is not a palestinian vulture birds do not have uh borders like this this is a world vulture well, the, uh, this is the Earth's vulture. <laughs> and I was like, like a, you know what? Why can't we all just fucking live like that? That's, a, that's just such a cliche thing. I'm not a citizen of any country. I'm a citizen of the world. Yeah. That, and that's what birds are. Birds birds don't spy because birds don't. This is not an Israeli bird. This is not a Palestinian bird. Yeah. And how did it work out for that bird? Really uh, well. All right, I think. Oh, oh they, got it, they got the bird back, right? They got it back, yeah. It was yeah. alive. Yeah. So, so he was back on home turf. Yeah. Well, re- his whole, <laughs> the whole recover- world is his turf, mate. They recovered their agent. <laughs> Speaking of birds and not being able to train them to fly places, I, I'm sure we've talked about it on the podcast before, but I still don't understand homing pigeons. Right. And that whole... <laughs> like, like how they do it. Pe- yeah, and pigeons were used to send messages around in the war. Mm. And they have home and pe- homing pigeon races. Yeah. Do they just take them... They will just take them like a certain distance away from their home. Well, Robert, yeah. you know how you know where you live. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit like that. So when like when they race pigeons, yeah. They all they all take their pigeons to a place. Different places though, because they all have different homes. Like it would yeah. have to be equidistant. Yeah, but I think it's, it's like they have special clocks for it. Okay, special so clocks. They have a special pigeon racing clock, right? So they they all take their pigeons to places, <clears throat> and they all start their pigeon clocks at the same time. And then when they they cruise home to like where the pigeons come home to roost, yeah. And I think the clock gets hooked up to the where the pigeons come in. So the clock when the pigeons come into their home thing, the clock stops. Mm. And that lets everyone time how long it took their pigeons to get home. And so I guess in the war, like in World War One, I, I, I just know that 
I know this from Blackadder, so it might not be real. <laughs> um, but like when they use pigeon for messages, they would take the pigeons with them away from the base and then send it back to the base. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. I feel like I understand pigeons now. I don't think they were sending messages out from base. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's what I always thought. But now that I've thought yeah. through it, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, there's like the whole... Um, you know, Game of Thrones, send a raven to this other city. Like, that would work if that raven or pigeon was originally from that other city. But mm. I, I guess it would. there would only be a certain amount of time it could be away from there, right? Like, before it acclimatized to its new home, and that's where it was homing to. Yeah, it's like, oh, I live here now. They're like, no, yeah. go home. Like, no. I'm- no, no, this is home. What are you talking about? Yeah. I did see, so one of the things I was looking at was the CIA... Well, I assume that they were using pigeons. One of the documents I was looking at was like, we need to look at Redacted's homing abilities. <laughs> it's like, well, I wonder what bird you're talking about there. <laughs> but they would, they'd like put cameras on the birds. I'm guessing, though, that the way it worked is you would take the bird to the other side of whatever you wanted it to take photos of, let it go, and then send it home. Right. Yeah. See, just think. I'm, I don't know. I'm overthinking pigeon racing here, but I'm pretty sure I've seen where they they take all the pigeons to the same place. So I don't know if it needs to be equidistant to their homes or whether they work out the average time it's the distance that they've travelled and the average speed overall. Okay, it seems very complicated. Why wouldn't you just take them all to the starting line, send them around the track? And so he was the fastest, like yeah. every other race. Because they don't know what the track is. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how pigeon racing works so that oh. I can report back on this. Okay, can I talk quickly about um, insects? Yeah. Yes. So DARPA, we mentioned before, um, the Pentagon's Defense Advanced Research Project Agency um, asked scientists to create cyborg insects. So, yeah. if you can all are- just take a break from. Creating killer sharks. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently it worked. UC Berkeley um, had a, a beetle that they could remotely control using um, like neuro like little implants in their brains to stimulate their, their neurons. Mm. I've seen videos of that, I think. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I don't know where. Might have um, been an X-Files episode. <laughs> well, there's a robot bees in Black Mirror. Right, I haven't seen um, Black Mirror. And Walmart has filed a patent for robot bees. Right. Why? Why are they getting involved? Secret government organization. What are they going to do with them? I feel like Walmart would just sell them, right? Oh, okay. Oh, no. Sorry, I've just clicked through on a link. Building crop pollinating robot bees. That's fair enough. Walmart seems like a weird choice for that. But hey, if Walmart want to jump into something good. Well, they sell stuff. They sell food that needs to be pollinated. I guess they realize the imminent global collapse of the uh, food systems would affect all of us. So, I did see that the agency came up at uh, the CIA. This is That's what uh, people in the know call it. Yeah. What's the other, what's another dumb thing? The company. Company. Let me go with the company. I did see the, uh, the company <laughs> <laughs> had another um, type of robot insect, which was like a robot dragonfly they developed. Which was not a cyborg at all. It was completely robotic. But I think the idea was that you would have these little robot insects that you could fly onto a windowsill and sort of crash them there. 
and then people, I guess they could just record things up until, you know, whoever did the dusting mm. and got rid of the, the robot corpse. But no one would ever, like, be brushing it away and be like, ah, that's a bug. They'd be like, ah, oh, it's just a, a dragonfly has flown in and died. <laughs> but uh, it didn't really work in practice. They They came up with this really complex, tiny bug robot that they could sort of fly in controlled environments using laser beams they would like direct it with a laser okay and that was fine in a wind tunnel but uh in real life with actual wind it was incredibly hard to like point the laser keep the laser pointed on the robot so you would like that makes sense right and also what with how we know drones and stuff work Mm. like do we think they're using drones that look like insects to to fly around well this was like this incredibly complex thing that they developed in the 70s Mm. so i'm gonna say in the intervening 50 years that they've probably perfected this yeah i'm just watching a video right now um singapore's remote controlled cyborg insects it's a vice asia video um, in a lab where they're doing that, they're attaching little microchips to stag beetles and making them move around and fly in different directions and stuff. It's pretty insane. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, should we talk about uh, Project Acoustic Kitty? Yeah, what is Project Acoustic Kitty? I think this might have been why they started trying to build uh, robot dragonflies right. <laughs> and things where they're like, we need to get away from actual animals. Uh, Project Acoustic Kitty was a CIA project to create the ultimate uh, bug inside a cat. <laughs> and so they uh, they got a, I'm guessing they got a whole bunch of cats. This might be where the expression, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat comes from. <laughs> uh, they got a, they got cats and they were like, we need to put a bug inside the cat. And I, the idea was that it would be like attached to the cat's ears, like inside the ears. Yeah. Right. And then they had to have a battery inside the cat and they had to have all of this other stuff. So they'd cut open a cat, put a bug in it, wire it up to the ear and then set it loose to go and, you know, prowl around and listen in. And then they realised that cats just love to do whatever the fuck they want. (laughs) And people shoo cats. If a cat wanders in, because they they wanted to spy on the Kremlin with this. Yeah. And Soviet embassies. Like if I'm Russian you know, embassy guy and a cat walks in, it's 50-50 chance if they're shooing it or feeding it, right? Yeah. And for this amount of work, you don't want to take that 50-50 risk. Yeah, this is true. Um, So, yeah, basically... Was that you as a a Kremlin embassy guy? Is that what it would be with you, 50-50? Not me. No, you'd be like, Comrade Kitty. Yeah. Come here for little scratches for the homeland. But... (laughs) Definitely creatures for the homeland. <laughs> um, but, you know, people, there are a lot of people out there that really don't like cats. Yeah. Uh, so apparently they they use the sound to direct it and make it turn and stuff, right? Right. Yeah, so they did a lot of stuff with these cats. But they tried to get around the issue of it because the cats would get hungry as well and they'd get distracted and they'd do all this shit. So they just kept on cutting cats open and being like, all right, what if we wire this up to its brain as well? And so like they, they worked out how a cat's brain operated when it was hungry 
and then tried to stop that from happening, which I don't think is healthy for a cat either. No. But they they finally perfected it. They got a cat, they cut it open, they had like wires going from its ears through to the the bug that was attached to the battery in the st- in the you know in the in its stomach and then they had these other wires going to the brain that when it got hungry or got distracted it would like stop that from distracting it. And then they they went to test it out and they sent it a, across the road to uh, listen in on a conversation and it got hit by a taxi. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's the, the the way it's said on Wikipedia is killed by a taxi almost immediately. <laughs> uh, the CIA has disputed that though. They said, um, "Nah, just didn't work because cats be cats," and we just kind of you know we left the cat be after that, and it uh, lived a long and happy life. Yeah, oh yeah, sure, on, on a farm somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I did see that the guy who says that the cat was killed by the cab, uh, and he, he said $25 million is how much they spent on this cat. Uh, he was a guy called Victor Marchetti, and he worked for the CIA between 1955 and 1969, and weirdly, just as an aside, he was a massive JFK conspiracy guy. Wait, what years was he there? 1955 to 1969, so... So the, the peak JFK years... Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like, his last six years were not the peak JFK years. Uh, but he was definitely working there when JFK got murked. And he reckons it was a, the CIA and organised crime working together to take out Kennedy. And he also is like a massive anti-Semite, but that's... <laughs> right. Did he, did he have any evidence of this? I don't think so. <laughs> It's like, wouldn't you, if you worked for the CIA when Kennedy was killed and you're a CIA guy, surely you should be like, I heard and, you know, I heard in the, the lunchroom people talking about, oh, we whacked Kennedy. And the CIA write everything down. Yeah, as we discovered from the family jewels. Yeah. Um, so speaking of cats that might be spying. Mm. Pickle. The, yeah, Pickle, the cat. Do you, ever get, we, do you ever catch Pickle having a little spy on you? Oh, he's always just looking at you. And you're like, what are you up to? What are you doing? Who are you, who are you reporting back to? <laughs> um, but Julian Assange's cat was accused of being a spy. In the for Ecuadorian. Assange or against Assange? Uh, for Assange. So there's a diplomat um, at the embassy who said, uh, we were suspicious it may carry a device to spy on us. It could go in every room. Uh, that was unconfirmed <laughs> whether or not he was actually using it to spy. I feel like who's, who's Julian Assange spying for at this point? Yeah. Or is he just trying to collect goths? Yeah. Well, this is the guy with a lot of time on his hands. I guess so. You need to you want to know what they're saying about you. Where yeah. is he now? He's in uh, waiting, awaiting extradition, I think. He's in prison. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that's all I have on. Yeah. Can I just, um, I, I, I was watching this, that video silently in the background of the Beatles. And I, I don't, yeah, it was a bit, it got to be a bit uncomfortable to watch. Because they were like drilling into these beetles and soldering wires into their bodies and stuff. It's not very nice to the beetles. Leave it alone. But uh, just interestingly, when they were doing the flying at it, like controlling it in flight, they were using a Wii remote. Oh, really? It's fun. Mm. Because that was a thing when that first came out, wasn't it? People were hacking them to do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, like it was just a cheap version of whatever that technology was. 
Mm. Um, yeah, there you go. So they like they blew on the back of the bug, and its wings come out and started flying, like a kickstarting its little propeller. Mm. And then they let it go, and the dude was like making it go left and right in the room. But then, like, just he just kept smashing it into the wall, which I also thought was a bit rough. <laughs> Is that necessary? It's like when you have one of those little little cheap drones, and you go, "Oh yeah, I'm flying it," and then it just goes smash into the wall. And like, but it was a beetle. Like, yeah, it, you know, leave it alone. Let it just be a beetle. Yeah, definitely just let it be a beetle. Yeah. So, what did we learn about animals and spying? Oh, uh, you know, there's probably some smart animals out there that can help humans with various jobs. I think I'm surprised that when you think about the fact that the Navy is open with the fact they're using dolphins and sea lions, and then you're like, is that something I'm okay with? Mm. Probably not. Especially when, like, you know, the attitude is very much, uh, look, the the idea is that we'll get them to attach this bomb and then swim away, but the reality is we're going <laughs> to wait till they get within a metre of the boat and then we're just going to remotely detonate the bomb. Yeah. Like, this is the this is the government department that's responsible for many, many war crimes Yeah, on many people. I don't think so, we're going to see bloody Darwin from DSV anytime soon. I, don't, I vaguely know what that is. Give <laughs> good reference. That was a good reference. Someone will, someone will tweet saying that that was a good reference. All right. Well- Boys, this is a bit of a short one. Should we just wrap our, our weekly news show into this? Yeah, yeah. a little, little treat for the uh, the non-patrons. This is what you'd be getting now if you're on Patreon. So, actually, we better make this good. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit of a mixed bag sometimes. Mostly it's pretty good. Also, thanks to all our Patreon supporters for, for being there for us, especially Tammy, our $33 cooked patron sponsor. Thank you. All right. Let's do the news. Yeah. Number one, Pete Evans. Oh, here we go. Again. What's he, what's he been up to? What hasn't he been up to? <laughs> He's been getting grilled on like fucking softball internet shows, right? Yeah, I don't know if grilled is the right one. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. He was on a Ticker TV show. Yeah. And Ticker TV, and I follow them on Twitter, and it's basically like an online news show. And it's interesting. It seems to be naive at times. Right. With, you know, things like this. Like, I've, I've seen some anti-COVID stuff, but I don't think... I think they're just trying to fill time with content. Right. Yep. So, anyone that's sort of come willing to go on it. I, and, and So, I don't think it's bad. I just don't think they realise what they're doing when they're platforming a Pete Evans. Right. So, is Ben, Rob, and Robbo, or whatever they're called, are they supposed to be, like, hard-hitting news? I don't think... No, I don't think it's supposed to be hard-hitting. Right. I don't think you get someone... Like Robbo, with the last name Robbo. Yeah. Yeah. To or do hard hitting stuff. Big brother, when you, yeah. yeah. Like, sort of any podcast with a Robbo is a bit suspect, really. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You know, it's going to be some, some shoddy material going in. Hey, 
Um, so I, I first came across Ben Robin Robbo a little while ago, like a month or so ago, because they had that guy James Bartolo on, who's one of these anti-mask guys. Right. And they got him on for like the anti-masker perspective. But I felt like they sort of missed a lot of his point, which was that also he was like a flat earther. He's a sovereign citizen. He believes like every single conspiracy theory is just completely cooked. And they're like, so why don't you think you should wear a mask? He's like, and he also, in that interview, he dropped like all of this completely incorrect knowledge. And they're like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> which so, is pretty much what, had, what happened with Pete Evans, right? Yeah, the Pete Evans one was so bad. They cop- they announced they were having Pete Evans on and they copped so much shit over it. And then they just sort of doubled down. They're like, oh, you know, we believe in you know getting all sides of politics. It's like, well, you know, I guess the thing is there's a global health crisis on and maybe we don't need to both sides the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> but th- then after the thing that sort of baffled me a little bit was, you know, I wasn't that baffled because uh, I knew sort of what it was going to be. <laughs> but yeah. to cop like as much shit as they did over it and then to do such a shoddy job of it, I found a little surprising. I thought they might have prepared even a tiny bit. Mm. So just they <laughs> they sort of didn't really – some of them kind of knew what QAnon was, but they didn't entirely know and they left it open enough that – Pete Evans could just sort of refer to, like, real things that were going on. So, they're like, oh, so do you think the pedophiles are being protect- protected in this country? And he could just refer to that um, legislation that came out in Victoria, like, a month ago, where uh, victims of uh, sex abuse were, like, I think it was an accident of the legislation. They were, you know, blocked from being able to speak out about what had happened to them. The idea mm. of the legislation was to stop, you know, other people uh, talking about it without their permission, but they hadn't worded it very well. But, um, yeah, just really bad questions. <laughs> and, like... So the, the one that you snipped out for Twitter was him them saying, you know, what do you know about Q Anonymous? And he is like, you know, I don't even know what Q is. Yeah. And what, what he was saying was the concept or, or who's behind it or, you know, that, you know, what it actually means on a on a metaphysical and... Uh, global spiritual level, mm. and they just kind of let him away with that. <laughs> like he he knows what Q is. He's posted about it numerous times. Yeah, because yeah. uh, they, yeah. they also tried to get him. They're like, you know, you, these things he's doing are really divisive. They're uh, you know tearing apart families, which Q QAnon has torn apart families. But they don't like. They just went jump straight to that. Like what Pete Evans was doing was tearing apart families. So he's like, what are you talking about? Like, what families have I torn apart? And they didn't have an answer to that. Mm. Uh, also, at some point in the interview, one of them apparently says something defamatory and they cut it out. And that's why if you, I don't know, did you watch, you didn't watch the whole thing, did you, Robbo? No. Bad, uh, good Robbo. Sorry, I almost no. called you bad Robbo. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, you are the good Robbo here. Um, thank you, thank you, Cam. <laughs> in the, like, their Facebook video, it, like, glitches out really badly at one point, And that's because, like, they were editing... Almost live, apparently. Uh. I think he was like st- still editing it as it went down. I don't know what they're doing, but um, apparently, like one of the hosts of the show, Ben Robbo Robbo, I think it might have been the Ben, right. said something like super defo. <laughs> right. Uh, relating to like uh, pedophiles in parliament. Right. 
So that was and we fun. have no indication of what it actually is. No, I think he was like repeating like something that's sort of alleged in these like in these circles. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, right. yeah, just really weird. Don't do that. Should we get Pete Evans on our show? Oh yeah. Well, no, I don't think so. But <laughs> if you are going to get if you are going to get Pete Evans on and you're going to nail him over QAnon shit. Why don't you say, Pete Evans, on this day you posted this thing that said that anyone who is in the media, it says they're getting tested for COVID, that means that they've been executed. (laughs) It's like, that's something he's actually posted. You can say you posted it on this day. What did you mean by that? Yeah. (laughs) Just asking questions. All right. Number two, uh, RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, was killed. Alex Jones, though, what does he say about it? Um, Well, I just saw this as a news report saying that he claimed it was a satanic ritual and it was being reported on like, ah, crazy Alex Jones saying these things again. That's what he always says. Yeah. Like that's not anything unusual. He says that like every episode. Um, I did watch a little bit of Alex Jones yesterday though. And he was railing against um, Jeff Bezos and drone technology. And he got a sword and cut a drone out of the sky. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's, it's so weird though, because he's you know how Jones is super loves like loves cops now. Now that he's you know funded by the the far right, so he's loving cops, all about pro police, except for he hates Jeff Bezos, and because Jeff Bezos is is giving technology or is offered technology to the um, police in the US for surveillance, he's sort of saying you know well, I deny your surveillance technology and for the police. It's like, but you also love the police, Jonesy. <laughs> You're in a... Uh, yeah, and, and then he sword, sword chopped. I wouldn't say he sliced it out of the sky, but he, he whacked it with a sword. Uh, was screaming. It, I'm assuming the drone wasn't moving very fast. No, it was just hovering above his head. All right. <laughs> uh, but he gave a good speech about, you know, uh, Bezos, I reject your transhumanist stuff and I reject your slave stuff and the money and and it's all stuff like yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. Jeff Bezos is a, an awful person who does run a slave organisation. Uh, yeah. Broken clock, huh? Broken clock. Anyway, it's Jonesy. Uh, there was a little QAnon joke on McAuliffe on the, the whatever that show's called. Mad as hell. Mad as hell. It made you grumpy. It did Robo. make me grumpy. What was it? He just had a little QAnon thing on the back of one of his cards. Right. And it was like it was the Q&A logo, but with a non on the end. Yeah. And I just, I just know that QAnon people just take that so many different ways and none of them result in anything positive. Like, I, I don't think people realize how nasty and awful QAnon is at the moment. And like fired so, up about it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I am a little bit fired up. I don't know. I've, been, I've read a lot of the QAnon casualties subreddit. And that's depressing reading, um, just of what it's doing to people. So, yeah. uh, I think yeah, they might have gotten away with it. I haven't seen anyone mention it. Yeah, I think I don't, I don't know if they're huge mad as hell watchers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got a few local ones. You've just got here. PK said that uh, the <laughs> cops bashing people in Melbourne the other day was staged. Yeah, but no reason given for that. Well, he says everything's staged, though, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was the um, the the dude. I can't remember what the story was but you know the police hit him with a car and stomped on his head so it was pretty yeah. pretty awful stuff and pk i guess for a snippet and he's just like staged <laughs> uh, you need to really give some context for that pk anyway there's actually i've noticed uh a lot of these new conspiracy people that have been 
they're getting like with the the anti lockdown stuff. They've been getting into some of this classic gear. Right. So I've noticed that a lot of like um, of them are talking about transvestigation stuff. Mm. Like we talked about, was that like our second episode? Yeah, it was an early back one in tw- back in twenty seventeen. Uh, talking about you know you know this politician's wife is really a, really a bloke. Blah blah blah. And there was also a big one I saw today as we record this. Uh, so Thanos Paniades is like the was sort of the leader of the anti-lockdown movement here in Melbourne, mm. and they found a guy called Michael Paniades who got into a bunch of uh, legal strife. He's in jail for eleven years uh, for killing a cyclist. He does look quite a bit like Thanos. I don't know. They they sort of they do look quite similar. And they have the same name, but they're saying this is Thanos. Right. right. It's like once you're a big enough conspiracy theorist, uh, you're always going to get this stuff. You're going to think that people are clones and other people, and yeah. So yeah, that was good. And they're also like heaps of these people because they've you know they've come to this from whatever weird angle. They've of course they're going to have all of this stuff that you can find symbol occult symbology in their past. Yeah, because they've. At some point, they've been like, oh, the all-seeing eye, that's cool. <laughs> uh, so there's heaps of that stuff coming out about various people at the moment. They're like, what did you post this on in 2016 that, yeah, pyramids are cool? Don't you know that pyramids are actually evil? <laughs> uh, you've got here that there was a, a thing in the Atlantic about Reddit and how they dealt with their QAnon problem. No one knows how they did it. Yeah. But Robbo, you know how you know how they did it. <laughs> yeah, so I was I, I was spending a lot of time on the QAnon subreddits at the time. This was really early QAnon days. Yeah, would Basically, you say I, that you were one of the first people to notice QAnon, Robbo? Mm, oh, I was in the mix, in the mix. Anyway, first people that weren't cooked, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or on 4chan. Um, but they started. So basically, I think QAnon people doxed someone, and it was. Soon after Pizzagate um, started, just you know, their guy turned up with a gun to the restaurant, uh, and also Reddit was wasn't too long after when they had like a big problem with like underage. Um, yeah, such jailbait was one of them. Right? Yeah, yeah. So Reddit at the time was like, we don't need anything that's going to give us bad press, and so they just started banning every Q and on thing on site just immediately. Ban, ban, ban. And I think there was a, a community of people reporting them all as well. So, and that's just what they did. Uh, but the Atlantic's written like three thousand words saying, "How do they do it?" We we spoke to someone there, and you know, how do other uh, how do we other social media platforms do it? Just ban them. Yeah. Just keep banning them. <laughs> That's it. They they ban them hard, but also like you said, it was because they doxed people, and Reddit has this like really strict anti doxing rule yep. where you could get away with heaps of other shit yep. and still can get away with heaps of really nasty shit on there. Just as long as you don't put anyone's phone number on it. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know if they they are actually the ideal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's still still plenty of awful stuff there. Uh, in more QAnon news, the Taser Shield. Uh, oh yeah, I was going to say this isn't QAnon related. I'm like, oh, of course it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain to me what the Taser Shield is? Because I've only se- I've seen passing references to this Taser Shield. I assume. That it's a shield with a taser. Yeah, you punch yeah. people with the shield and it tasers them. Yeah, and I think, so this particular, uh, I had the story up before. I wonder if it's I like one that. of those electrified fly swatters, but for people. Yeah, pretty much. So this is in Shelby County, Tennessee, 
Uh, and the sheriff calls the arming of the jail response team with electric pulse shields a regrettable mistake. But I think, so what's happened is, in the jail, they have these shields yeah. for prisoners. And a protest got in there, and so they decided to deploy the shields to Blazer stop the shields. protest. Yeah, and they're like, ah, oh, we should have really kept them a secret. It's the mistake, <laughs> it seems. Ah. Too, too many people have seen them now, and that, that's the mistake. Um, so from now on, the shields will not be shown or allowed outside of the jail. Right. Uh, so yeah, they just they use it in the lobby. Like, ah, oh, no, everyone knows we've got them now. <laughs> um, I, I did see some discussion of how to, to break these shields, uh, things like honey and maple syrup to gum them up and jam all the all the I don't know electronics. Yeah, uh, I don't know how true that is or whatever. Also, uh, I feel like that's advice that's maybe more useful if you're not in prison. Yeah, I mean, if you are protesting and they do bust them out. You know, they, they break them out for a special occasion. Just get maple them, at them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want, like, honey is so hard to throw. You <laughs> yeah, can't be not, so, like, like putting a, yourself in danger. You need to almost fill up water balloons with honey. That's a good idea. Water balloons and honey. It's not a can of soup. No, it's not a can of soup or a can of tuna. Uh, but the QAnon part is that the people making the shields are cooked. Yes. Yeah. That's the, fine, though. You don't have to be, you know, Completely on the level to make a, a laser shield, a taser shield. I keep calling it a laser shield. Yeah, Why aren't they making laser shields? That would be pretty cool. They maybe are. They do. They do like sonic cannons and stuff. So I can't imagine it's too far off. Anyway, it's a QAnon company, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Great. So that's uh, that's neat. That's just a neat thing to happen. And the the last thing you've got here is the mysterious U-Haul. Yeah, you guys see this. No. Oh, I, th- I think I, this is another one. I, I saw people being like, you know, a U-Haul costs $30 to rent. I was like, I don't know what the story is. So I need more context. There's footage of protesters. Uh, there was a U-Haul parked in a uh, like a parking lot, and the protesters went in there, were going in there and getting signs out that were like, abolish police. Right. And people, the right uh, sort of like, you know, well, where'd that U-Haul come from? Who paid for that U-Haul? Oh, that's right. I did see this. They're like, is this Soros? Yeah. And Soros funding their U-Haul, the like, $30 a day U-Haul. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people can afford $30 a day if they're yeah. protesting. Um, but Jonesy also doubled down on it with a, a long accusation that it was Gates and Soros doing it. Um, yeah. Anyway. It's right. like renting a small box truck is not like at all expensive anywhere in the world, I don't think. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I mean, it did look kind of fishy, just right. the fact that they were – Getting signs out that all you know will look the same, and but like that's just how protests work, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it, really. All right, that's the news. Robert, okay, you've got you've yeah. been doing stuff on your Twitter. People can check out your Twitter for local stuff, right? Oh yeah, just um, of stuff. Oh, one of I guess the other bit of local QAnon news is that uh, if people have been following the QAnon guy that I've been sort of posting videos of. Over the last few months, he's the guy that drove down here from Queensland. He oh, yeah. drove when, like, they locked down the Flemington Flats. He was like, "We're going to the Flemington Flats. We're gonna, you know, I've I've been sent by General Flynn to bust them out." Is that the guy with the beard? Yeah, yeah. it was like we're gonna disarm the police. And uh, then he got here, <laughs> and like nothing happened. What I loved about those videos was it was always like, we're going down there now. Everyone meet down there. We're going to go, like, arrest all the cops. Yeah. And then, like, the next bit of footage was them, like, 
200 meters away from the cops, just going, you fucking dogs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking dogs. And then they're like, right, let's go. It's like, you didn't do shit. Well, they, they'd go, if the cops would come over and be like, can you not? <laughs> and they're like, all right. <laughs> well, because there was like two guys that came down for that. And one of them has already gone back to Queensland via a stay in um, a mental facility in Canberra. Right. And this guy has just stuck around in Melbourne. He's the guy with the, the big bushy beard. Yeah. And he's been just driving all over Victoria and visiting different people. And I'm going to suggest not complying with the Victorian Chief Health Officer's, di- officer's directions. No. At all. Anyway, uh, he was doing a live broadcast the other day from some hotel room uh, somewhere out near Geelong and he's like talking about a oh, just it was actually he gets quite rank and vile he he was talking a bit about Michelle Obama and what he wants to see done to her or to him as he says mm, yeah and then he's like oh we've got some uh, visitors and it was the cops and <laughs> tracked him down so I watched him that video and he was he was basically the cop's best friend as well, wasn't he? You guys are just doing your job. I respect it. Hey, you guys are doing great. Thank you. It's been respectful. Uh, this has been a good interaction. It's like, man, for someone that thinks all the cops are evil and he's going to arrest them, mm-hmm. he suddenly loves cops. Well, it was, it's weird because I think that he sort of thinks of himself like, like he's a cop. Yeah. He, he did a thing the other day about, you know, I've got to tell you guys about my pa- my past, I work for the Secret Service. <laughs> so I th- think in when they're reading him his rights, he's also trying to like explain to them, you know, I'm under oath to General Flynn. So like you know, we're we're both, you know, you're a cop, I'm sort of a cop. And yeah, who <laughs> like is this, General Flynn? Uh, he's like he was Trump's national security advisor, right? For five minutes, and then he got this um, sack because he was too cooked. Yeah. And for some reason, the QAnon people jumped onto him as like, oh, this guy is the, you know, is secretly on board with this. And then because they did that, he has started like getting on board with them. Right. Where he's like, yeah, I've taken the oath to Q. <laughs> where we go one, we go all, guys. Like totally leaning into it because he's just a massive grifter. He's like the, the king grifter. Right. But yeah. In this, when the guy's like, you know, anything you say can be used against you. He's like, Simon, this is the guy's name, he's like trying to say back to me, you know, I understand and like I just need you to understand that we're all cops here. <laughs> I'm, you know, really I'm sort of higher ranked than you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I imagine that was an interesting conversation down at the station. <laughs> mm. I, it's, it must be so frustrating yeah. for the cops. What I, What we can only pray for, let's all pray to General Flynn together. What we can only pray for is a bunch of these guys, when they've been arrested, have, like, gotten... I think you can get your record of interview from the police. Like, they'll give you the tape. Ah, uh, yeah. So that you can use it in for your defence or whatever. Uh, and a bunch of them have posted their, their interviews, you know, about various different things. Yeah. We've, we, like, we saw Galegis. Galegis. <laughs> <laughs> whatever reason. Uh, we see like uh, that Sol Millihan guy who was involved in some of the anti-lockdown stuff posted his insane interview with the police. It was like 50 minutes of them saying, so tell us about this protest. And he's like, well, what you've got to understand is Bill Gates is controlling the World Health Organization. 
What we can only pray to General Flynn is that Simon releases his own video because I bet yeah. that is something to watch. Uh, all righty then. All right, so you can, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Sexenheimer. I've got a bunch of those videos up. Uh, Robbo, where can they get you? Me at aleofatime, aleofatime.com. Uh, yeah, that's it. Saltair? Uh, you can get me andrewsaltmarsh.com, uh, which I keep forgetting to plug because I did set that up not long ago. It has links to basically everything I do. Uh, yeah, so it's <laughs> just there instead of all my millions of places, at Saltmarsh on Twitter and Instagram. And I would also mention my radio show, Yeah Na Passaran, which is now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Nice. Right. Uh, and we've got some good conspiracy gear coming up. We just spoke to Jason Wilson last week about, uh, oh, actually, something we didn't, we could have mentioned on the new show here, uh, which was the wildfires in Oregon. Oh, yeah. And how there have been all these conspiracy theories that it's like Antifa <laughs> lighting them. Yep. So um, we spoke to him about that, but we've also got a whole bunch of conspiracy gear coming out. We're talking to Kelly Wheel about the Flat Earth. We're talking to uh, Annie Kelly from QAnon Anonymous. And we've got a, we got a bunch of good stuff coming up. All right. Hi, everyone. See Thanks, you everyone. later. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Don't worry about a thing. Whether or not Port Arthur was a false flag operation in which to disarm Australia I said don't worry about a thing I accept You can definitely hear John Lennon say I buried Paul at the end of Strawberry Fields forever Ooh, Don't worry about a thing Except not only did Bush do 9-11 but he also keeps the planes out in Area 51 which Let's not forget where all the aliens are. Don't worry about a thing. Except Donald Trump is clearly a woman and you're just blind if you can't see them. Why don't you open your eyes?